Welcome back to Future CEOs here on Cliff Central. It's great to be with you. If you've just joined us, my name is Gareth Armstrong. This is the Future CEO Show. What do we do here? We we try to bridge the gap between senior level senior level leaders and all of you who are aspiring to be these leaders. You, if you're a future CEO, if you can say yes, I am a future CEO, well then this is the show for you. We we do this every week. We do it for you. And today. Once again, we have a phenomenal individual joining us in the studio. Is that okay? Can I can I call you pheno- phenomenal as a zippo? Is that okay? <laughs> that's okay, Gareth. Uh, that's a, is that a nervous laugh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome, welcome. So, thank Zizipo, you. Thank you for having me. And younger, am, am I getting it right? That's uh, close enough. Close enough. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for uh, forgive me for my lack of pronunciation, perhaps. No, but fine. you're the CEO of the Masisizani Fund. Now, did I get that right? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to studio. Thank you. Uh, it's really good to have you here. Maybe uh, often what we do is we ask people to introduce themselves, and if you don't brag enough, we'll brag for you. But please just. Tell us, uh, tell our listeners who you are, what you do, where you're from, a little bit of a snapshot of you, please. Okay, my name is Zizi Ponyanga. I come from the Eastern Cape, uh, uh, born and bred in Mtata, and uh, I'm a sixth child and the last born. Um, I'm a chartered accountant by profession. I'm okay. very passionate about entrepreneurship and uh, women empowerment in mm. particular. And okay, so that, that's a nice broad overview. Now start bragging a little bit, <laughs> uh, and and let's brag along along the way as we explore your journey. So you said you're from the Eastern Cape. Yes, that's correct. You're a, you're, did you say the last born? Of yes, six? I'm the sixth uh, child. Yeah. Okay, so you are the the baby of the family, but I, I'm supposed to be the baby of the family, but I've often found myself uh, behaving like. Uh, uh, not necessarily a last born in the middle or old, uh, oldish oh, really? sometimes. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> that's then just really tells us why you're the CEO. But let's talk a little bit about that journey. So you, you, you were a young lady down in the Eastern Cape. You were studying. What, what, what happened? Let's talk, talk our way through to a CA because not, it's not everyone that says, um, mom, dad, I'm a 12 year old and I want to be a CA. <laughs> so how did that happen? So I I grew up uh, um, uh, in a home where there was a a teacher and a a farmer. Uh, Mm. My father was a farmer. My mother was a teacher. And uh, as I was growing up, I would sell lollipops and ice pops and anything I could find I could sell. And at standard four, my mother uh, decided for me uh, that I would be a CA. At the time, I didn't even know what a CA is. And uh, she then decided with my dad to change uh, the school that I was attending to go to uh, a commercial uh, school that offered commercial subjects mm. and um, I happened to do well in accounting uh, at junior uh, uh, school and while I was there uh, getting those uh, awards for account uh, accounting um, a lady by the name of uh, um, uh, Cindy Zilwa was from Umtata and one of uh, the first uh, black uh, chartered accountants um, okay. of the country and they were presenting awards and my sister was there with me at the time my mother had passed away already so she said to me to my sister if ever you need any help uh, call me mm. so at that, that point in time I think my mother was still alive but we didn't know how sick she was so mm. a few years uh, later 
when I didn't have money to go to university, my sister remembered uh, uh, that and uh, approached uh, um, uh, Cindy and, and her team and I got uh, a bursary later on, not immediately. So I think the, the love of the CA profession came from the fact that I loved money. Mm-hmm. I loved selling things. And so there was this natural <laughs> instinct in you, yeah? But I, I thank my parents, uh, particularly my mother, for seeing that, uh, uh, you know, there's something here. Let me nurture it. Let me drive it towards mm. a certain direction. Because honestly, at standard four, I didn't know what a chartered accountant was. Mm. And there weren't many uh, black chartered, chartered accountants at the time. So I then went uh, to University of Transkei. Uh, my mother had passed away. My father had lost uh, uh, his job. And I had no money beyond the registration money. That's mm. when my sister then called uh, for help. And I got my bursary uh, from a company called Greenacre LTA in my second year. And one of the conditions was that I needed to then go to either vets or um, uh, UCT. I okay. chose vets uh, uh, 15 it's years ago. <laughs> 15 years ago, I came to Johannesburg. I hadn't seen too many cars. I hadn't seen a computer lab with uh, a lot of computers. And I had a junior degree, but I needed to then do a bridging uh, uh, um, course for me to then do my uh, fourth year um, honors. Mm. Um, then I, 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 I think I, I struggled a lot uh, at vets. You can imagine you thought you were a clever student and you get there, you are probably failing uh, mani- uh, management accounting. Mm. It was the worst uh, course ever. Mm. Uh, but I managed to pull through and uh, made it. And I went to Ernst & Young and did my articles and I passed uh, the the board exams uh, first time and um, the rest is history. Mm. Well, the, the, you've you've skirted over a lot of interesting detail and a lot of hard work and sweat that went into that. A lot of focus. Yes. Uh, how often, just very quickly on this idea of focus, how often have you encountered individuals, young people, who look up to you and say, "Wow, I'd like to be like you," yes. but then you can sense in them that there's just not this the sweat. Uh, the desire or understanding how much sweat goes into it. Is this something that happens to you regularly? Yes, it it happens all the time. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, my friends and people that I went to school with uh, would often say I was uh, too serious. I would be attending Mm. uh, lectures left, right and center and studying. I find that uh, the young people uh, today, it's a different world. The social media, there's a certain different pressures that they're facing compared to us uh, when we're youth uh, at the time. So I, I think uh, focus and um, the, the the need for young people to stop expecting things to happen very quickly. Mm. We, you know, some people call it the microwave, uh, you know, yep. disease. You, yep. you want to put something in the microwave and you want it Instant, yeah. out instantly. So the the young people that i come across they they don't have a lot of patience and they are uh, they want things uh, now mm. uh, and uh, it takes a lot of work and a lot of focus uh, for people to then reap the rewards what what's the the let's talk about staying power for a moment because that's really what we're talking about and so uh, i i i've had enough conversations with a, a number of young people to know that they will say i know it takes hard work but that I mean, that doesn't translate into anything. It's just a, it's just a phrase. I think what we really need to talk about, uh, talk about is staying power and the origins of staying power. Yeah. Where, where yeah. did you find the motivation, the, the something inside of you that 
kept you going, even during very, very difficult periods? I mean, you've described how you didn't have any money. There was a, there was death in your family. Yes. I mean, close, close death as well. Yes. How did you how did you carry on going? What, what did where did you have to go inside of yourself to do that? <laughs> yeah, I like the the word, uh, the, na- the way you put it, staying power. I I, I uh, usually call it resilience. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, there were defining moments in my in my life. The first one being the one where uh, my mother had passed away and my father had lost his job. So mm-hmm. I had to make uh, a choice there and there uh, at uh, at an early age to say, do I want to secure financial um, uh, wellness or do I just gonna let the world, you know? Am I just going to exist and see where this thing uh, takes me? So I made the decision to say I will not uh, um, uh, suffer from poverty. Mm. Uh, and secondly, I, I, I drew inspiration from my parents uh, and their dreams that they had uh, for me. And I wanted to sort of uh, make them proud uh, of what I would have achieved. And also the community that I came from, uh, I wanted to be that beacon of hope. Mm. Uh, so... Uh, for me, what I learned is that failure is, um, is one uh, thing that taught me. Uh, in my career, I've done it all. I've taken risks and I've been an entrepreneur and we ran okay. out of money okay. and, you know, uh, I had to go back. I had to go back to where I was trained and Einstein Young, uh, at the time took me, uh, you know, with uh, open arms. But for me, the ability to take risks and, uh, me having tried out entrepreneurship and tried out different roles from a financial manager to, uh, a deal maker to all these things that I've done for me to get to the CEO position. Those are all the ingredients, failure and successes and different milestones mm. that have contributed for me mm. uh, to be here. There's, uh, you said something a little bit earlier when you said your friends described you as a bit of a serious individual. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I can relate to that. <laughs> but, and the reason I... I Thank and, God. <laughs> and, Someone else. <laughs> and, and what I, I did was I tried to, I tried to find how do, how do I justify this? How do I turn it into a positive? Because it wasn't a positive when it's coming out of your mouth. <laughs> and so the question is, or the, the question that I asked is, is, is this really worth it? And there was a, a quote that I learned quite early on. It's today I will do what others won't. So tomorrow I can do what others can't. Wow. And I think that's what I hear you saying that you, you really, had to embrace yes. during this journey up yes. to qualifying as a CA. Yes. Let's move beyond the CA then. You said you were an entrepreneur. Tell us about your first business. <laughs> well, uh, I've, I've, I'm, a, I'm an aspiring uh, entrepreneur. So I always say uh, to people, you know, I might be in corporate, but there's this burning desire in me to be an entrepreneur and mm. have a legacy business uh, one day. Hence mm. my passion uh, uh, in, in, in helping entrepreneurs in what I do. Yep. But uh, I, I, I was uh, involved in an investment company uh, a few years ago, around 2008, 2009, and we were investing in property, which is a long-term uh, type uh, business. Sure. Capital intensive, long-term. Yes, yeah. yes. And then the other arm, um, I thought in the CA in me, I thought I had made uh, some uh, calculations and we were fine. We were going to get money from this cash cow uh, in the form of the outdoor uh, media wing of the investment arm. So okay. I thought I had calculated all the things. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that 2008, 2009, the the economic uh, downturn and uh, things went south. The first thing
having people cut his advertising. Which is which is such a strange thing to do in yes. a business. Um, and that's in a whole other debate. But yes, I'm sorry. So the, we ran out of funds. The, the investor pulled out, uh, didn't renew the, the working capital facility for two months. I didn't get paid. Mm. I had to figure out what am I going to do. And uh, I went back to corporate. Mm. Uh, and luckily, I, uh, I spent uh, a few months trying to rebuild my uh, credibility. But I appreciate the, the, the lessons I've learned from that experience because now as I'm helping entrepreneurs in my line of work, I actually can identify with failure and things not going well. And I empathize a lot with um, things uh, such as, uh, you know, giving them money late or whatever because mm. I know how difficult uh, it is. So I wasn't paid for two months. I was on credit bureau and all the other things. Oh, yeah? But uh, I've bent my fingers. I've learned <laughs> a thing or two. Now it's, I appreciate it. Look, it's how it works. Uh, who was it? Gil, Gil Overt. He, so he is one of the CEOs at the Creative Council. Yes, and yes. also the Dragon's Den Dragon. Yeah. Um, I think he's now on Shark Tank or something. And I remember, um, I don't know if he said it to me or if I read it somewhere, but anyway, we've had a number of different conversations. And he has said that if he was faced with two people, one having never failed, and this is now from an investment perspective, one having never failed and one having failed, he would invest in the individual that failed. Yeah. Because you could see the ability to bounce back. Yeah. The tenacity that you, that you spoke about. This idea of, um, the ability to process it, uh, on multiple levels and then still come back and get it back into the fight. Yes. Yes. Failure is part of success. Uh, that's just one of uh, the things that, that I've learned. Now, now, let's just quickly talk about where you are at the moment. So, Masizani Fund, that is what? That is a fund that was started by Old Mutual after consulting with the National Treasury. Um, where the unclaimed shares uh, trust was uh, closed and we had this money that we needed to make a difference with. Mm. So the decision in 2007 was to uh, uh, use the money for uh, funding entrepreneurs and uh, uh, capacity building and biz- really uh, reviving the spirit of entrepreneurship in the country. So we fund uh, businesses in rural areas, peri-urban and small Lovely. towns uh, in different sectors such as agribusiness, uh, manufacturing supply chain and um, uh, franchises where, where do you come in so is it startup is it is it small business that's already established been around for a few years are you there to accelerate or are you there to incubate we we find uh, a combination so from startups to expansions and acquisitions of existing mm. uh, businesses but we've also seen that there are entrepreneurs that come to us and they might have a brilliant idea but maybe the business plan is not uh, written properly mm. or or some contract issues or compliance issues, ISO or HACCP or whatever. So we then uh, help them uh, with one or two things that can then make their business plan bankable Mm. under our accelerator program, which is part of the business support that we offer. So this is high touch. This is not just a take some money, go and do your thing. No. I mean, you can't do that nowadays. No, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) I like like your facial expression. It's like, listen. (laughs) We have to follow the money. Uh, We have to follow the money. We must give uh, the entrepreneurs uh, the money, but we also must see 
if there's any need for uh, help, uh, uh, be it, you know, walking the journey with them, yeah. be it from a technical marketing or financial uh, uh, aspects. Uh, we've found that just throwing the money and leaving and thinking that you're going to get your repayments uh, hasn't worked. No, no. That, the, the, the world of entrepreneurship is also a lonely one. You, mm. you, you want to, you know, to feel like you've got a partner in the funder that uh, has given you money. No, no, absolutely. We, we do speak to a lot of different funding organizations here, and the ones that we like the most are those that uh, offer a high-touch support kind yeah, of offering, yeah. and we're, we're glad that you do that as well. Okay, so let's then talk a little bit about this evolution from entrepreneur, dare I say failed entrepreneur, aspiring <laughs> entrepreneur. You said aspiring <laughs> entrepreneur, but when I hear aspiring entrepreneur, I say, okay, there's a couple of failures in there. I'm still, I'm still aspiring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, an aspiring entrepreneur comes CEO. So where did the CEO part suddenly come in? Was was this a phone call? Was this a an offer? Did you seek it out? Talk to us about that, please. So throughout my career, I uh, you know I might be a, a CA by profession, and the expectation from society is that you will end up in a CFO. Uh, role. So I've done uh, different roles in the finance uh, side and uh, financial management and, uh, you know, uh, uh, financial modeling and all the other things and risks, uh, risk uh, management. But in me, there's this uh, uh, passion about entrepreneurship, about business and understanding what works, what doesn't work. Okay. And also building something. When I die, I must be able to say, you know, this is uh, ZZ Inc. Mm. Uh, that I've mm. left uh, behind. So uh, I've always been interested in operations and business. And throughout my finance roles, I've mixed it with uh, operations to understand uh, business better. So I've, I've always wanted to be a CEO. When I uh, joined Masisiza Fund and um, uh, my boss at the time, you know, those convers- career conversations, mm. they call you in and say, so now it's your first day. Let's do your performance scorecard and your career, you know, annual plan and all that stuff. And uh, he asked me, so what What are your plans uh, now that you've gotten the job? I said, well, I want to be the CEO. So the minute you know that you are leaving uh, mm. this organization, I want to uh, have an environment that sort of um, assists me to gain all the experience that mm. I need such that Lovely. when you leave, I'm ready. Mm. How old were you at the time? I was uh, 30... Three, I think. Thirty-three. Yeah. Okay, so for that, and that's young. Yes. Would you have, if you look back on that conversation, would you describe it as brash? Would you decide describe it as a little foolhardy? Maybe. <laughs> How would you describe that conversation? Uh, look, I mean, it obviously bore fruit. Yes. But how would you describe it if you look back on it in real terms? You know, when I sat in that office and I said uh, uh, I want to then uh, uh, be the C- CEO, I had actually analyzed a few women in my uh, career. And mm. I thought uh, by the age of 35, they seem to be doing well. So mm. at 35, I must be a CEO uh, of an organization like this. So oh, I, I actually believed it when I said it. Uh, but then how was it received? Because often, <laughs> I think you know, often we <laughs> Often we can we can believe it, but sometimes we transmit our beliefs not so well, yes. and it can come across as brash or arrogant. Yes, even. Yes, uh, yes. But in this case, I think he laughed. 
he was his face uh, uh, was shocked uh, almost laughing uh, but i think composed uh, uh, himself because he was like you, you know it was as if he's saying oh you you have the nerve <laughs> <laughs> well exactly I was, so that laughter was a little bit of a ner- nervous kind of okay what do i say now <laughs> that, I, I think that's what i hear okay so yeah. you, you're now in the office of ceo You've been there for a decent amount of time. You, that means you've learned some things. Uh, what would you say is the number one lesson or difference in perspective that you've had as you've moved into C, the CEO office versus what you thought the CEO office was going to offer when you were going in? Yes, I I found that the CEO's office requires me to be aware at all times. Mm. So I can no longer just come to the office and mind my own business and not pay attention. Keep your head down. Okay. Even when you are feeling a little bit sick, you can't just say, well, I'm not coming to work <laughs> today. Mm-hmm. So it requires a whole lot of uh, balls to juggle uh, around and notice people's uh uh, spoken and unspoken uh, words. So the unspoken, and that's such, yes. a, it's such a significant thing that you've just said. The yes. unspoken is so important, and yes. it's a huge amount of the communication that actually happens. That's what I've learned, mm. uh, and I think uh, uh, the time management uh, is something that I've uh, I've learned to uh, do better mm. uh, because there's a whole lot of things that require my attention. I uh, at, at first I needed to then learn to uh, delegate and 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 pull my team with me, such that uh, I don't end up carrying uh, all the responsibility myself and make sure that everyone else is on board to making a difference. So I, I'm I'm looking at you and you're smiling nervously at me because I picked up on something that you just said. Are you a bit of a control? <laughs> I mean, look, you're a CA. You you like to have a handle on things. Or, yes. So so what's are you, are you are you a little bit of control? Is that is that you? Uh, uh, yes, yes. Let me say yes. Let me not justify. <laughs> <laughs> let me not justify. It's part of uh, how we also trained. You need to have facts and figures and mm. know what hap- what's happening when and how, who's doing what. So mm. I tend to then want to know uh, what should be happening when, who's doing what. Uh, so, yes, I am a control freak. Okay. <laughs> I didn't say freak. <laughs> you added that there. <laughs> um, so you there, there's an element of control. What do you think, and please share it with our future CEOs listeners and listen very carefully at home or in your, in your car or in your office to this answer. I think it's going to be telling. And the, the, the question is, what do you think will help you to release? Just, just open the hand enough so that you don't lose control, but you're able to allow people to really, div- uh, to really be activated, to execute their, their own way. Uh, according to the skills that you've employed them against. Yes, I think uh, I've, I've sort of started uh, uh, releasing um, okay. uh, based on the fact that uh, it's around trust. Uh, once you trust uh, your team members and you've had enough time to sort of uh, put your stamp and say, this is the vision, this is what we're doing, what do you think about A, B, and C? And th- this is how you, I see your role in this uh, vision and strategy and get the buy-in from each and everyone. So trust uh, and uh, uh, developing that sense of loyalty uh, for that particular leader is something that uh, I, I, I've learned. And secondly, I think uh, once you uh, uh, clearly articulate what it is that uh, your dream is for this organization and make sure that each and every one uh, of the team members know their role. I always say to my team, 
the Masisiza and a fund uh, team as a whole is a, a puzzle. We need to identify mm. the piece uh, that you are and I play to their strengths so that we can all win. If individually you play your role and be the best that you can be, then all of us together uh, we will succeed. It sounds like you almost are describing an, an evolution of yourself into what I'm going to refer to as a chess master of sorts. Yes. You play the appropriate piece for the appropriate at the appropriate time yes. for the appropriate move to achieve the appropriate objective. That is correct. Uh, I think that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. We are running out of time. <laughs> time moves quickly here in the, in the future CEO studio. And uh, so maybe just as a, as a final question, if you could go back in time and we ask all, all executives and CEOs and experts and people that we sit here together with, we ask them this question. It's so revealing. If you could go back in time and speak to the, the young 20-year-old future CEO you, what would you say to that person, knowing what was to come? What would you say to that person? I'd say relax. Okay. You are going to do well. You need to learn to network uh, mm. better and learn from the people that have walked your path, but be patient uh, with yourself. I would also say, though, it's good uh, that you don't just exist. You sort of play uh, some sort of role in directing your own life. Yeah, so, so relax doesn't mean do nothing. Sit, sit, sit back on the couch. No. It means do exactly that. Yes. Play a role, but just 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 relax. Patiently. <laughs> okay, very nice. And, and your body language is very telling. You've got your hands up. And yes. You're saying, patience, patience. <laughs> Zizipo Nyanga, CEO of the Masisizani Fund. Thank you so very much for joining us here in the Future CEO Studio. Thank you for sharing your insights and your journey and being a little bit vulnerable. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Gareth. Thank you for having me. All right, that's all we have time for this week. We will see you same time, same place uh, next week, Thursday. We will see you then. Have a great long weekend. Happy and, and a very happy Youth Day tomorrow. Future CEOs on CliffCentral.com. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. CliffCentral.com.